This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio for me is Scott ChasingTheFog.net. We're not going to talk about his predictions until later in the show. I won't bring up his predictions until later in the show. Yeah. No mentioning of his predictions. Yeah, we, we won't be mentioning the predictions that I was leading the whole year. That very suspiciously, I'm not leading now. I, I might want to look into we that. We kept counting the predictions. Well, we'll, not we'll, we'll see about that. Fitz. Yep, that's it. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, it's okay. It'll be okay. You can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. And the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas State Fitz failed on two two-point conversions in its 20-18 loss to Oklahoma State, thus falling to 4-2 and two in the Big 12. Fitz, did Kansas State whiff on a big opportunity here? Yeah, they really did. I mean, when you get to play Oklahoma State and Tylen Wallace, their star receiver's out, and Chuba Hubbard, their star running back, is a little bit gimpy, mm-hmm. uh, you need to take advantage of it. But Kansas State just couldn't come up with enough offense, couldn't get the right break. I mean, the breaks kind of fell in Oklahoma State's favor in this game, and it was unfortunate. They did, however, go for two points in the first half. Now, if you have one of those little charts at home, and I think football fans know what I'm talking about, but there's a little chart that says if the points are this, you go for two or you don't go for two. And it says if you're up 12 to nothing, which K-State was, to go for two. They went for two. They missed it. The play worked until the receiver didn't catch the ball. And then they were only up 12 to nothing instead of 13 nothing. Fast forward to later in the game, they finally score a touchdown after a horrible turnover led to a free touchdown basically for Oklahoma State. And now they're down by two. They gotta go for two now. And they once again did not convert. If they had simply kicked the extra points, it would add it up to 20 points. And I'm really good at hindsight. Uh, K-State had a great opportunity here. K-State played pretty well. Inconsistent on offense, which we've all come to expect at this point, Scott, because K-State is using a freshman quarterback Mm -hmm. with limited weapons and an offensive line that's still kind of finding its way. And yet, even though the offense was horrid in the third quarter, nothing but three and outs with a punt, and they still found a way to get the game within reach in the fourth quarter even after a fumble in the red zone was returned 80-some yards for a touchdown for Oklahoma State. K-State persisted, they fought, and they just weren't quite precise enough to win this game, and it would have been a huge win for Kansas State as they would have sat atop the Big 12 standings 
and been looking pretty as they head into an off week. Instead, they're on a two-game losing streak, ready to take a break before they go to Iowa State <laughs> yeah. on two Saturdays. I mean, just think about this. And, and I was kind of score-watching because of, you know, the timing of the Kansas and the Kansas State games being right up uh, against each other. And, you know, I, I just week after week continue to be impressed whether, whether or not they're winning how Kansas State finds ways to compete in this game. And you mentioned some of the breaks they got. I mean, a ball pops up in the air in the backfield out of the quarterback's hands. It just falls to an offensive lineman instead of a Kansas State player. It's little stuff like that that can make a difference. Uh, I I still think, I know they lost. I know you mentioned the two-point conversions, unfortunate. I still think a lot of positives you take away from that game. I agree. I mean, Oklahoma State muffed a punt return, and uh, they were able to cover it instead of K-State getting Mm -hmm. it. So just little things went against the Cats. The defense was incredible. Mm -hmm. Only giving up 13 points because of the uh, seven points the offense gave up. It was very impressive. That defense is very good. Yep. Well, Scott, Kansas had a hard time on offense once again in a 62-9 loss in Norman. What is the biggest concern with that side of the ball right now? Well, it it continues to be the thing that we've kind of focused on all year, which is the offensive line, right? We've talked about that over and over, that no matter who that quarterback is, they have to have a second. They have to have uh, enough time to do something because uh, otherwise you're really handicapped, you're handcuffed by what what you're able to do essentially out there on the field. You know, Puka Williams has opted out. That's your best player. That's your best offensive player. Um, The Jayhawks are down uh, a couple of wide receivers in the receiver room and yet Jalen Daniels the true freshman starting quarterback 18 years old fits he took nine sacks in this game and you know when he first started I think his first game might have been against Baylor that first start and um, he took a number of hits in that game including running the ball and I said at the time that there was value to playing a young quarterback but they, they had to be very careful about not getting him hit too much, not taking too many hits because he wasn't going to make it through the season. Already, I believe he's had three different games ended prematurely due to injury. And what happened at the end of this game was very scary. It was a uh, kind of a backup offensive line. There were, uh, I believe, four underclassmen with a veteran left tackle. Uh, Right away, that left tackle allowed pressure. Jalen Daniels saw it. He turned to his right to escape, where a true freshman right tackle was beat. He walked right into a sack. The lineman landed on his legs, and now he's sprawled out on the ground. He's not moving. No one knows what's going on. Obviously, they they blow it dead, and and two trainers run on the field to check on him. He wasn't moving his leg. It was off to the side. It was a, I I think we later learned it was an ankle injury. He was moving around a little bit on the sideline. He was kind of limping uh, very noticeably. But that was the exact kind of moment where, you know, you have to be very careful about not only who you're putting back there, but making sure that they're protected. And, you know, I'm not saying Kansas has to max protect on every down. You can't, you know, completely change your offense to do those things. But Kansas has issues right now on that line. It starts with left tackle and it... it, maybe it continues or, or starts the same way with right tackle. Neither one of those guys are career tackles. They both had to move positions. They didn't get a spring to do it. Center uh, play has also been problematic, and the left guard hasn't been very good. So I guess that leaves a, a right guard that you felt okay about. That line is really bad. Fitz, it, it may very well be the worst offensive line in the history of Big 12 football. I saw the highlight you put up of the left tackle completely whiffing on his block and the right tackle getting knocked on his rear end. Yeah, bowled over. And I, I couldn't decide which was more embarrassing for a tackle just to completely miss a block or just get run over and and that's happening that's not like one play that's not two plays I think I I tweeted out a thread of this that was like eight plays it it was it was way too much 
Well, Iowa State fell behind 24-10 on Saturday before scoring 28 unanswered points and defeating Baylor. Mm -hmm. Scott, you've already seen the Cyclones in person. The Cats played them next in a couple Saturdays. Any thoughts on Matt Campbell's group? Yeah, look, Iowa State is, uh, I don't know if interesting is the word, annoying actually might be the better word, just because they're so hard to get a handle on, right? Like, you think about Brock Purdy coming into this year and, you know, I, I was one of the people who thought Brock Purdy might be the Big 12's best quarterback. I, I thought he might have been the best quarterback arguably last year. Now, there were other guys, I like Spencer Rattler too, but uh, what we've seen this year is maybe it's the talent around him, but uh, he's been turnover prone, he's made bad decisions, he's thrown interceptions, he had that... Uh, just horrible fumble six, pick six kind of play. This Iowa State team should be better. I, I feel like it should be better, and, and yet they only have, I think, that maybe that one loss at the beginning of the year, or maybe they have another one that I'm, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, so they have two losses. They, they've got problems, and yet it, it feels like you can't quite identify them because they have good enough players. Like their defensive line, uh, that front seven, they only rush three a lot of the time, and yet they're getting pressure. They have a guy in Will McDonald who is an absolute game wrecker who I think coming into this last game, he had like 10 sacks in his last 10 games. That's what he does. He's consistent. So they have the players. I think they have the coaching too. I know Matt Campbell gets, uh, people like to poke fun at him. He loses, you know, five games every year, and, and that's largely been true. Iowa State has two nine-win seasons in program history. One was in 1906. I remember it. And one was in 2000. So in the last 20 seasons counting this year, their best they've done, they've had two eight-win seasons. Matt Campbell has both. He's a very good coach for Iowa State because Iowa State doesn't have the history of other schools. But I can't help but think this Iowa State team should be a lot better than it is. I'm baffled by Brock Purdy. I watched most of that game against Baylor. He was just throwing at the <laughs> Baylor players in the first half, got his team behind, and then he was good Brock Purdy in the second half. Uh, they're very difficult to figure out. It'll be a quite interesting game in two weeks in Ames between the Cats and, and Cyclones. Yeah, that, that defense is, I, I mean, they might have fun against him or Brock Purdy might throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. I truly oh, don't know. You this don't point. know? Now, a quick look at your poll question results. And poll, poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, who is the best coach in the Big 12? The choices we gave, Lincoln Riley won the vote at 35%. Mike Gundy, 21%. Chris Kleiman at K-State, 19%. All other coaches, including Campbell, I guess, 25% there. Mm, other, other's pretty good. Not as good as Lincoln Riley, but good. This week's question is this. Do you believe the Big 12 will have a team in the college football playoff? A is yes, Oklahoma. B, yes, Oklahoma State. C, yes, Iowa State. D, no. That's a pretty simple answer. Mm -hmm. No. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. I think you should have said no and then listed every other team or maybe all 10. I don't know. Well, uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, 
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, freshman quarterback Will Howard ran for 125 yards, but he also committed two late turnovers in the Wildcats' loss to the Cowboys. So Fitz, is Will Howard good, bad, somewhere in between in this game? And I tell you what, people have been awfully hard on Will Howard, and to hear his teammates in the postgame, particularly Senator Noah Johnson, they'll go to war with this kid. Um, let's be blunt here. Without Will Howard running the ball, um, Kansas State would have had virtually no offense. Will Howard running the ball had half as many yards as Oklahoma State as a team had. That's how effective he was running the ball. I mean, he looked like Forrest Gump. He went out the front <laughs> gate and just kept going. It was really impressive. But he's a true freshman, and he makes mistakes. And they really don't come much bigger than the fumble when he kind of had the ball a little bit loose. And I don't think the guy was even trying to strip him. And they popped it out, lands right into the defender's hands, and off Oklahoma State goes for a touchdown. Or kind of going too far down the field, uh, looking for a home run hit when you got about two minutes left at the end of the game to get into field goal position. He throws it 35 yards down the field and it's double coverage and it's picked off in the game. These are freshman mistakes. These are things that you get that because you were so good in high school, it was easy. Well, it's not easy here, but he's a competitor and you could see it. He, he ran the ball. He didn't really care about his well-being. He really pushed the envelope throughout the game and he's not perfect. I'll just say this, a lot of people were hard on Skylar Thompson. Do you miss him? I mean, Skylar was experienced and didn't make some of these mistakes. Look, quarterbacks, everyone loves the backup quarterback. So they loved Will Howard when he was the backup to Skylar Thompson. And now all of a sudden some people don't want this freshman in the game. You gotta leave him in the game. Number one, he's the best quarterback, but number two, he might be the future. Granted, another recruit's on the way next year, maybe he's the future. But in this weird pandemic season, let the kid play. It's gonna make some mistakes. You know what, I just talked about Brock Purdy throwing interceptions. <laughs> that guy's supposed to be the best quarterback in the conference. Mm -hmm. Mistakes happen, yeah. bad breaks happen. Will Howard's fine, just let him play. And I'll tell you this, I, at least for me, I've never been mad about a young quarterback trying too hard to make a throw. I think it's sometimes more concerning when they don't make the throw right. because they don't have confidence. They're afraid to, to let go of the ball. I, Will Howard's going to be very good in time. It's a struggle now, but I do think he'll be very good. I think he's a little dinged up. He doesn't have the same velocity on the ball mm -hmm. he had in high school. It'll all come around. An off week is good for everyone. Mm -hmm. Scott, the Jayhawks are well on their way to a winless season. Who saw that coming? They haven't played a game decided by single digits since last October. How important is it for them to steal a win in the last few weeks of this year? I think it's pretty important. It's certainly important just to play competitive, close games. And, you know, Fitz, you'll remember, after the, the Iowa State game, I spoke about that game being a little bit different, right? Because it was a 30-point loss, but it was close. It was competitive in the fourth quarter. It was a couple of scores. Kansas had the ball. This Oklahoma game was not that. This was uh, at the point of attack, at both points of attack, offensive and defensive line, uh, just an absolute, for lack of a better term, a bloodbath. It was a blowout. It was, it was horrible. Now, uh, in fairness, Kansas was missing two of its three starting defensive linemen, which is part of the reason why. But that, that's also the situation Kansas is in right now. You know, Fitz, every week I talk about three, four, five players who are uh, performing a little bit better than you'd think, or young guys who are standing out. That is the makeup of this Kansas roster. It's not that you have three, four, and five guys, and then you have all these complementary pieces who sometimes play well and sometimes this and that. No, that's pretty much it. This Kansas team has no depth. That is problem number one. So how do you fix a roster with no depth? Well, you build it up. 
You recruit more names, you recruit more high schoolers, but that only works to a certain point, right? If you're losing every week by 35 points and that happens year over year over year, now all of a sudden those high schoolers don't wanna come play for you. So uh, it's a little bit of a risk reward strategy in terms of Les Miles is building the right way. His young players are getting on the field, not because they're the coach's guy and, and he wants to play the players he brings in, but because they're better. The young players are simply better than the veterans on the roster. But the danger is, if things don't get better, I would say maybe at the end of this year and certainly next year, it's going to be very difficult to continue to recruit high schoolers and have high schoolers who say, I want to go to Kansas. At a certain point, they're just going to say, it's not worth it. This program can't turn it around. He's not the right guy to do it. David Beatty ran into that. David Beatty couldn't get anyone to commit at the end of his time in Kansas. When David Beatty was fired, he had one commitment in the program. That commitment was not good enough to play at Kansas. He didn't end up signing there. I'm not saying Les Miles is near that situation. He's not. The 2021 classes is looking like it'll be one of KU's best in terms of high school talent in the recruiting rankings era. So they're not there yet, but they need to be careful because if these results pile up, they will get to that point. Now, the worst thing that can happen to a locker room is you get demoralized and you don't believe you can win. Mm -hmm. When that happens, you're doomed, and it doesn't matter how much talent you have, you're going to lose a lot of games. Mm -hmm. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Scott, the Big 12 preseason basketball poll has been released. Kansas was at number two behind the Baylor Bears. Mm -hmm. Kansas State was picked last. Any thoughts? on how the coaches voted. Well, I thought it was actually interesting that Kansas got any first place votes because Baylor returns everyone. Uh, basically, they're missing their big man, but they bring back a team that was rolling through college basketball. Might have been the best team in the country for a long time. Kansas caught them at the end. Baylor lost three of their last five or six games. Kansas had that win in uh, Waco where it, it kind of showed that Kansas was actually better than Baylor. I think the Jayhawks went 17 and won a Big 12 play. Kansas loses two second-team All-Americans and their best three-point shooter. Baylor loses one guy, and he wasn't one of their best four players. I think this Baylor team has a great shot to win the Big 12. I think their floor and ceiling is higher than Kansas. Not saying Kansas won't win the Big 12. No problem with Baylor being picked number one. Actually a little bit surprised that Kansas got more than the one first-place vote that was required to be given to them by uh, Scott Drew since he can't vote for his own team. He could have voted for K-State, Scott. <laughs> I guess he could have. that in there for the Wildcats. I, notice how, folks, I let him talk about basketball because I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question this, week's, this week is, are reviews as awful for you guys as they are for me? They're ruining the game. This is from James and Eudora. And I thought he was talking about reviews for the drive. Mm. I thought our bad reviews were piling up and he mm -hmm. was bothered by it. But he's talking about football officiating reviews. Yeah. Totally different topic. Yeah, fits your thoughts? Uh, I hate them. I, I hate them. I, you know what? They were intended to fix glaring errors. And now they're nitpicking. The worst thing they're doing, Scott, is they're overturning things without clear evidence. Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be the one guideline. It's got to be absolutely obvious that you can overturn it. And now they're like, well, I think he caught it. We'll call it a catch, even though it was called incomplete. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. That's the problem, along with taking way too long. Yeah. In, in college, there are way too many, especially, I mean, there was a play, KUK State, 
where they reviewed like a third and one running conversion. That game ended up at a 40-point margin. You don't need to be reviewing a one-yard spot. You could just let that play go. My biggest problem, slow motion. If you can't tell from a full-speed review, it's not clear and obvious. I don't need to see the last fingernail of a basketball player touch the, touch the ball as it's going out of bounds. Did someone hit it out? Okay, it's off that guy. Let's move on. We don't need to, we don't need to let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Ooh, I like that. I'm yeah. going to write that down. I think I coined that one. Okay. Uh, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. And now it's time to take a look at our predictions. And I'm glad we're doing it. Mm. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page <laughs> at the Drive 13. Let's look at last week's uh, results, Scott. Yes, we can actually stop the count right here. Let's, we're going to go back last week to our uh, things where I believe I was, what, 10 and 9 last week, and you were what? How do I have more games? I, shouldn't I be 11 and 11? I don't understand what's going on here, but I'm in the lead no matter how you look at it. Mm. Scott went winless. There's uh, some questionable math going on. Mm-hmm. I would like a recount of mm-hmm. these votes. Yep. yep. Well, I did the counting, and so you know it was honest. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> start with uh, this week's picks. Uh, TCU plus 3.5 at West Virginia. Fitz, I just read what you were supposed to read. I apologize. That's all right. We, we share. Yeah. I like West Virginia in this game. I think uh, the Mountaineers at home are pretty tough. Of course, I just saw Kansas State get well by them, so I'm going with the ears. I will take TCU. Next is Baylor plus one and a half at Texas Tech, you say? I say Texas Tech, but mostly I say I am not going to watch this game. <laughs> I will take Baylor. I'm also probably not going to watch this game. Uh, no way. And our last game of the week is, is out of the left field for us because that's mm-hmm. the only two big 12 games. So we went to the Big Ten mm-hmm. and we dug up Nebraska. Remember them? <laughs> Penn State's a two and a half point favorite in Lincoln. But why I picked this game? Both programs are winless. Mm-hmm. I think Penn State wins. I will go with Penn State too and not feel great about it. Oh, I feel great about it. I feel <laughs> wonderful about it. Remember when we were all united in disliking Nebraska? Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. And On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a Strong Local Community. We start with Mr. Scott chasing the fog.net. Well, look, 
Uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot going wrong with Kansas football, so it's accurate when I say, when I speak about them on this show, and, and most of the stuff coming out of my mouth is pretty negative. Uh, I think anyone who's watched or listened to this episode would no. uh, say that's pretty fair to say. So no. let, let me give you a couple positives, a couple of bright spots from the last game real quick in the next 30 or so seconds. Karan Prunty, a guy you've heard me talk about over and over, three pass breakups, didn't get beat by my count. Uh, I, I can't recall him, at least my watch and my rewatch, getting beat by uh, a receiver on a single play at least where there was a completed pass. Uh, I thought he was great in pass coverage. He clearly looks like, at this point, the best player on Kansas's defense. He was a true freshman. He got some late offers from in-state schools in Virginia, where he's from. He stuck with Kansas. He looks like a huge addition. Another guy, Kenny Logan, came away with an interception. He was a top 1,000 guy committed to Kansas. There's some talent. It's young in that Kansas secondary. Kyron Johnson also had two sacks, a nice game for him. So there's some talent. They're just kind of still working on on putting it together. And, of course, the biggest highlight, uh, biggest positive is the game's over. (laughs) Look, I know some fans are upset that Kansas State's lost two in a row. Remember when they lost Arkansas State and we were all ready to burn it down? Well, Kansas State has won four in a row, now lost two in a row. This is a tougher stretch of their schedule. Everything's going to be okay. It's the pandemic season. At least you're not Nebraska and winless, (laughs) and the conference won't even let you play games. Be thankful for that. (laughs) That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. I hope so. (laughs) 